0: <laughs> no No <laughs> What does it mean to be a good neighbor? With so much going on in the world, how do we be a good neighbor? Why should we care about our neighbors? These questions shape the new series we're going to get started called How to Neighbor. One of the exciting things is if you'd like to follow along, uh, you can download the Bible app on your phone, and you'll be able to actually read along with a lot of the passages that we go through for the next several weeks. Um what we're going to do is we're going to look at four of the most big and important issues that are going on in our world and we're going to talk about how we can be a neighbor. How we do neighboring well. How do we be a good neighbor to those that may need help or may be different from us? Today I want to start with a big subject that's very important and I believe that the church specifically you guys are really called to be a part of the solution. Today we're going to talk a little bit about racism, prejudice, uh, how how we deal with differences uh, among us. And I wanna open up and primarily just talk about a text, an encounter that Jesus had with a guy. Jesus tells us a story that speaks to how to neighbor and it deals with racism as well. So if you're turning your Bibles, you can follow along in Luke chapter 10. So there's this interesting encounter that Jesus has with an expert in the law. Right. And we, we're hearing a lot about experts in the law right now in our in our current community. So I think there's a lot that we can learn in this conversation. You see, Jesus gets asked this question. The expert in the law says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus, in typical Jesus fashion, doesn't answer his question, but rather asks him a question. He asks the guy what's written in the law. The guy responds. He says, it says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, you're right. You nailed it. So go do that. And the guy says, wait, I'm supposed to love God and love my neighbor? And then he asks a very pointed, very specific, very important, clarifying question. In verse 29, the guy wants to justify himself. He knows he's supposed to love his neighbor. He's an expert in the law. So he asks Jesus what question. He says, who is my neighbor? You see, he says, I know I'm supposed to love people, but, but who exactly do I have to love? Because if I'm supposed to my, love my neighbor, then I need to know who my neighbor is. Jesus, do I have to love people that listen to the wrong kind of music? Because I, I I listen to the right kind of music. Do I have to listen to people that maybe weren't educated in the way that I was, who didn't go to the right schools? Cause I'm a pretty important dude. I'm a teacher of the law. Do I have to love them? Do I have to love those people? Do I have to love people who've got weird hair and tattoos and piercings? Do we love those people? Do we love people if they have a different accent? Do we love people if they speak a different language? Jesus, do I have to love someone who has a different color skin? You see, I, I know I'm supposed to love my neighbor, but I need to know, who does that include? Who is my neighbor? And what's interesting is Jesus doesn't answer the question about who to neighbor. Jesus is going to assume that everybody is your neighbor and he shows us specifically how to neighbor when he tells this story. So instead of saying, who's my neighbor and answering that question, he tells this story. He says, there was a guy, a Jewish guy going to Jericho and a band of robbers come and they beat the tar out of this guy. They just beat him up, leaving him bleeding off in a ditch. It looks like this guy's going to die if he doesn't get medical attention. And two guys walk by and they both happen to be Jewish as well and one of them's a priest and he sees his Jewish brother over there in the ditch bleeding and what does the priest do? The priest walks on by. You could probably understand perhaps he didn't want to go near a dead guy or touch the guy if he was unclean. He would not be he would not be clean, so he couldn't go to the temple. So it was a big deal. He could he could justify that it just would cost him too much to help this guy. So then the Levite goes by another Jewish person and he sees another, you know, fellow Jewish person wounded and he does the same thing. He just walks on by. And then Jesus says these three words. And when he says these three words, you have to understand it would have been crazy for his audience. They would have been shocked. They would have been uncomfortable. It would have been like a big deal. He says, but a Samaritan. And and even be, right, like right at that point, everybody's jaws would have dropped. They would have been intense because a Samaritan, as he's traveled, came to where the man was. And what did he do? The Samaritan took pity on the guy and he bandaged his wounds. He took care of him. He, and then he actually transported him and he took him to an inn so that he could be taken care of. And the reason this is so shocking, Jesus says, but a Samaritan man went to help the Jewish victim. And the reason this was shocking is because the Jews hated the Samaritans. The Samaritans hated the Jews. It was the 700 years of battling and war and fighting and just hating each other. And so the Samaritans were hated by the Jewish people and the Samaritans did exactly what what most people do when they're hated they hated hated them right back so this samaritan guy who would have been hated by the jewish guy did one simple act instead of walking this way he walked across the street and he took pity on another human being even though he was from a different race even though he was from different than him the guy showed love to a man that was in need you know dr martin luther king jr uh, talked about this story in one of his more famous speeches. And he said, The first question the priest and the Levite asked was, If I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? Then he said, The Good Samaritan reversed the question and said, If I do not stop and help this man, what will happen to him? This, in so many ways, is really the heart of the gospel. This idea of loving God and loving others, even if they're different from us and it seems like in this story we would we, we learn that especially when they're different from us we must love them what must i do to inherit eternal life that was the question jesus said love the lord your god and love your neighbor as yourself and he went on to explain it with this story what that looks like so in this difficult time in our country it seems that one of the best things that we can do is to be there for those in need, especially those who are different from us. You could pick up groceries for a neighbor, help out at Laundry Love, reach out to someone from school who's been treated like an outcast. And then I want you to also spend some time talking with trusted friends and family members and ask them about their experiences with racism and prejudice and share some of your own experiences. Um, For so many of us, I know that these are hard conversations uh, throughout the country right now but they're very important for us to understand each other, to listen to each other, and to keep these conversations happening. God, I just wanna come before you and thank you for the underground. Thank you for each student uh, who's, who's been connected to the church through the years, God. Uh, we, we mourn the loss of Xander as our, as, uh, our youth director. But we uh, we praise you for the time that he was able to invest in uh, in the lives of our students and in the life of our church. God, and we uh, we ask uh, that you you be with him as he pursues uh, his uh, work at the at the university. God, um, we ask that uh, you would just work in each of our hearts and in the hearts of everybody that we come in contact with to uh, to better understand what it means to to love our neighbor. God. And uh, just um, keep keep working on us as we always uh, we always will fall short of your standards, Dad. But we can continue to, uh, to strive and to do better and to be a better neighbor than we were yesterday. You're my prayer.